New Thinking Aloud, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today we are going to explore the nature of the afterlife. With me is Dr. Stafford Betty, a philosopher and professor of religious studies at California State University in Bakersfield. Stafford is author of The Afterlife Unveiled and Heaven and Hell Unveiled, as well as a novel, The Imprisoned Splendor, based on a description of the afterlife and a philosophical treatise, Vadi Raj's Refutation of Shankara's Non-Dualism. Welcome, Stafford. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation, Jeff. You're most welcome. It's a pleasure for me to be with you, too. When we think about the afterlife, there are many lines of evidence uh, one could point to. Near-death experiences, mediumistic communications, uh, religious doctrines. Uh, how do you approach it? Well, um, I uh, am more attracted to uh, mediumistic communications mm -hmm. um, because I think that I look at the scriptures of the world's religions and I think of them not as coming from some higher plane mm -hmm. uh, through some sort of godly realm. I just don't see them that way. They all seem man-made to me. And what they have to say about the world uh, beyond differs considerably from each other, one from another. And I am looking uh, for a better evidence, mm -hmm. um, something that's more plausible, mm -hmm. uh, something I can rely on more. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find that uh, especially by looking at the near-death experience uh, and by looking at mediumistic communications from the other mm -hmm. side. Um, it seems to me that what comes forth from these kinds of evidences is just more plausible, mm -hmm. certainly more uh, in inspiring. Um, and uh, something I want to share with, uh, with the world, and that's why I write these books. Now, psychical researchers have been studying mediums and mediumistic communication going back to about the 1850s. So that's right. We have over 150 years of research that's right. uh, at this point in time, although I think there's still a lot of disagreement amongst the researchers themselves as, as to how reliable this material is. Yeah, um, there is. Um, I think that uh, the deeper one goes into the subject, the more reliable it's going to seem. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm one of the persons who's gone most deeply into the subject. What I've done is to brought is to bring together, mm -hmm. is to analyze uh, and bring together, oh, dozens and dozens, perhaps as many as a hundred different communications from the other side that uh, purport to say, to describe the world in which they live. Mm -hmm. I find this a lot more believable and plausible than a scripture which purports to tell us what is on the other side, but it's not written by somebody who's there. Yeah. Uh, I want a witness who uh, can can speak to me with more authority, and that's what we're getting. I get the sense that some of these scriptures are written for the purpose of uh, getting people to behave. Yeah, right. That is correct. And there isn't uh, that kind of uh, orientation or there isn't that kind of urge in mm -hmm. this group. If, if anything, 
what comes through from the communicators themselves is that we think that you materialists, you non-believers have made a mistake. There is something on the other side and we want to tell you about it. Mm -hmm. And we think it's a, uh, a mistake in every sense for you to try to navigate through life without the expectation and consolation and the hope yeah. that there is more to life than just this one life here. Now a skeptic would typically counter by saying that, well, of course people wish for an afterlife right. and, and therefore all of these descriptions are ultimately the, the product of a, a sort of wish fulfillment. Yeah. This is where you have to begin to uh, look for evidence. Mm -hmm. What is there about uh, these communications that uh, makes you think that they are legitimate? rather than just subconscious, maybe a subconscious wish fulfillment on the part of the medium. Yeah. It could well be that all of this material is coming from the medium's subconscious imagination. Mm -hmm. that is, that's a possibility, and I allow that that's a possibility. I don't think it's a very likely possibility. And the reason I don't, there are a number of reasons for that, but the main one is that um, some of the best communications uh, have told us a great deal about the memories of a deceased person mm -hmm. that check out. Um, memories that um, the medium knows nothing about, right. but that the person who is alleged to be coming through would be expected to know about because he or she is describing his or her life mm -hmm. and is remembering the, her, his or her life. And uh, these, uh, these allegations, these memories can be checked. I mean, mm -hmm. are they factual? Yep. And in the best of instances, they are impressively factual. Yeah. In the very best instances, dozens and dozens of very specific accounts have been matched with what, uh, what uh, survivors who knew them well uh, remember about them. Mm -hmm. uh, in some instances, uh, you'll even find descriptions of where a forgotten will was placed in a book in the library of the deceased person. Okay. How, is the, uh, how is the medium going to know about that information? Right. Checks out. There's the will. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been book tests. Uh, there have been cross-correspondences, ways to check a medium's authenticity. All I can say is that the more you look into this material, the more, <laughs> the more likely you're going to be, yeah. I don't know, convinced. Well, I recall reading an issue of the magazine of the Smithsonian Institute from okay. 1903, surveying at that time, right. over a hundred years ago, the literature uh, from psychical research on right. survival after death. And, right. and they concluded that, uh, well, we're not 100% sure about survival, but if nothing else, mm. this literature conclusively establishes the existence of extrasensory perception. Yes, it does. And um, uh, a, a contemporary materialist would be equally unhappy with both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, you're right, and it's called super ESP. Mm -hmm. There's the possibility. Um, and I think this is really going out on a limb. Let me tell you this, Jeff. Yeah. I think it's going way out on a limb, but it's possible that in the case that I just described, mm -hmm. that the medium would somehow have the super ESP ability to know exactly where that will mm -hmm. was located in that particular book in that man's library. Mm -hmm. Okay, That would be a, a clairvoyance mm -hmm. that is just harder for me to believe 
than the relatively more plausible <laughs> uh, theory that no, it's somebody's yeah. memory who's yeah. coming through, and we would expect him to know where the will was. Well, in either case, yeah, in either case, in either case, you're dealing with uh, some level of uh, paranormal phenomenon that uh, suggests that we need to take a deeper look at nature. But let, let's yeah. assume for the moment that. Okay. Uh, uh, as a working hypothesis mm -hmm. that the spiritualist literature from the great mediums, at least the best of it, yeah. uh, is authentic. Right. And, and then the, the interesting question is, well, if they're describing the afterlife, what, what are the commonalities? What are the patterns? What right. is the afterlife really, really like? like? At least right. according to them, it'd be worth, I, I think, even for people who, who don't accept the legitimacy of this literature mm -hmm. might like to know what it is they're saying in any case right. before they reject it. That's right. They might be attracted to it even uh, because the world that is described, uh, the world that will be entering a death, they mm -hmm. claim, is that world doesn't exist way out uh, on one of the rings of Saturn. It's mm -hmm. right around us. And when I first came across that, uh, that claim, I was, I was really rather astounded because we don't see anything of this world. That's because we don't have the, uh, the capacity to. They can see us, mm -hmm. but we can't see them. And they, we share a common space. We of course, there are clairvoyants who claim they can see. That is true. Yeah. And I've had clairvoyant uh, women, uh, there have all been women in my classes, mm -hmm. who, who tell me matter-of-factly, yes, Dr. Betty, I, I, I can see spirits. Mm -hmm. And they do see. I, I believe. And there's no reason to think that they're lying. Mm -hmm. They're not trying for better grade. They kind of come up and, uh, and tell me on the side privately they don't want anybody else in the class to know that they have these talents. I've talked to any number of people who have this ability. Yeah. So you can see this world of spirit around you. Their world interpenetrates ours, but it goes outward. It is as if the world or our earth is the core of this space. Mm -hmm. And when you look upward to heaven, you're doing something that really is rather correct. Because these worlds, the worlds of spirit, go outward from the center, which is our earth. And the higher you go, the more advanced, the more evolved are the realms. Mm -hmm. uh, and the more light-filled and the more <laughs> indescribable they become with the English language. Well, when you say the higher they go, right. do you, mean, you don't mean in physical distance from the earth, do you? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure, but it is. It is. It seems that way. Mm. But we don't have to go that way. It, it. But it seems that way. They, they speak of higher spheres. Yeah. Now, what do you mean by higher? Are they taking it? Are we to take that literally? We don't have to. But there is the yeah. reference to higher, more evolved spheres where well, souls you know, more advanced go. We use the term astral plane. Right. And, and in my understanding, the astral plane is sort of a medieval notion. It comes from right. a time when it was believed that each of the planets of astronomy represented almost a glass sphere that encircled right. the earth and that right. there were these seven spheres right. and the earth was at the center and right. of course that's a, a cosmology that's been refuted by yeah. science but yeah. has has remained in spiritual traditions to the extent that we still call it the astral plane. We do. That's uh -huh. right. And it, you know if in fact we are sharing space with the deceased mm -hmm. Yeah, what, what can we say? It, it doesn't seem as if, this is a common description. The closer you are to Earth, mm -hmm. the more, the least, the less evolved you are. Yeah. 
Okay. So what follows from that is that as you move away from from being uh, a, a, an earthbound soul, mm -hmm. stuck in your old patterns, stuck in your al your alcoholism, stuck in whatever your addiction is, as you move away from those kinds of habits, do you move upward and outward? That's the way it seems as I read this literature. But I don't want to insist on that at all. After all, it might be some sort of higher dimensional space That's in, right. in, in which the parameter we're talking about is is not up or down as, as we think of it in physical space. I like that. I like that. Thank you very much, mm -hmm. Jeff. That's yeah, okay. good. That's consistent with what they say. Yeah. And that's another way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, that, that brings us to what the world that they describe is like. First of all, it's remarkably similar. It's not as if you're getting a picture of, uh, of, of, of some Chinese version of an afterlife, and then you get another uh, uh, Hindu version of an afterlife, you get another Muslim version. You're getting the same basic picture mm -hmm. from these various sources, from mm -hmm. these various communicators which leads me to believe that it's not likely that we're dealing with hallucination. Mm -hmm. I can't rule that possibility out, but it's not likely. It seems mm -hmm. to me that because they are describing something in more or less the same way, they are in contact with a reality that they all share. Mm -hmm. uh, and what that uh, world is that they share is of no little interest to me mm -hmm. and should be of great interest to anyone, it seems to me. Um, why? Um, why should we care? Why should we care? First of all, um, if we believe that this, that our life here is the only life that we know, uh, that that casts a kind of gloom over over what death means. Mm -hmm. And we look at death and we think, oh, this is a bummer. You know, we cease to exist. Most people don't like the idea of ceasing to exist. I certainly don't. Mm -hmm. So if we can find evidence that there is more to life than just this planetary life, and we see it actually described in an attractive and plausible way, that really uh, determines to a certain extent how we feel about death, and how we feel about death has a lot to do with how we feel about our lives. Mm -hmm. um, so I uh, uh, am very happy to describe in my books what these spirits are in agreement uh, in their descriptions. And I know of, you have about 50 different... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the nifty 50. <laughs> descriptors. Right. right, that is correct. There are many, many things that can be said. Uh, where would you like me to start? <laughs> well, how about at the moment of death? Well, at the moment of death, uh, you will find yourself uh, gravitating quite naturally, without any effort on your part, to um, a sector a sector of the afterlife, and I think that's the best word, where you will find um, spirits of, of like development and like, and like mind. Mm -hmm. And so if you are uh, a Roman Catholic, uh, say, a con uh, say a very conservative Roman Catholic, you're going to find yourself gravitating to people who uh, in this life were conservative Roman Catholics, and they will embrace you and take you in, and uh, you'll be one of them, and you'll be comfortable. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's where it will begin. So there are many, many sectors. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll gravitate not only to the proper sector horizontally, you'll gravitate also to the proper sector vertically. And now we're talking about dark realms at the bottom and light-filled realms at the very top. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on your karma, depending on the kind of being you have formed yourself into mm -hmm. by the choices you've made, uh, 
habitually made, uh, you, that will determine at least where your afterlife starts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so horizontally it starts according to the sector, and then vertically it's it's uh, it, 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 what matters is the kind of human being you are. If you are a selfish, cruel person, you're not going to find yourself comfortable in a light-filled environment. You're going to find yourself comfortable <laughs> among people who are like you in a darker realm, and these realms are described in detail mm -hmm. and uh, unanimously by all of these communicators. All of them affirm that there is uh, a dark world, that there are dark environments, mm -hmm. but these worlds are never described as hell without ending. Mm. They are hellish, but they are places where one can move out of, mm -hmm. and there's plenty of help to anyone who wants to move out of these realms. Uh, there are people from the light, from the heavenly realms, who are delighted to go down and serve in any way they can, and one of the ways to serve is to go down into these dark realms to try to help these people out of their misery. Well, do you have the converse? Do you have beings from the dark realms who try to reach up to the lighter realms and pull others down? They can't, but where they can reach is to our realm, mm -hmm. and they do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there are so many descriptions in this literature of the, uh, of the earthbound spirit, for example, the alcoholic yeah. spirit dies an alcoholic, finds himself thinking of the booze, thinking of the liquor that he missed, that he's missing desperately because he's still an addicted being. He mm -hmm. still loves liquor. Nothing happens just because he dies, right? He wants liquor and he gravitates quite naturally back to earth and finds himself in a bar in mm -hmm. San Francisco. Mm -hmm. okay? And here's a guy drinking gin. Mm -hmm. right? And so this spirit attaches himself and tries to drink and enjoy the gin through the uh, living person mm -hmm. whom he's attached to. Mm -hmm. This is one way that uh, we can be undone by spiritual presence. And these are, I guess, what are known as earthbound These spirits. are earthbound spirits, mm -hmm. but there's another kind, mm -hmm. and these are the truly demonic spirits. Mm -hmm. They're not that many, but there are demonic spirits who are, and again, this comes through the communicators themselves, who are, whose, you might say, whose mission is to make as much misery for us uh, as they can. Mm -hmm. That gives them joy. That's what gives them a sense of uh, of success. Mm. So, um, you know, there are there are many many ways that shamans and have told us how to protect ourselves from these from these beings. I I see. Well, in that sense, in, in acknowledging the existence of the demonic, it mm. seems there's some overlap between the uh, teachings that come through uh, spirit mediums right. and traditional religious theology. That is true. You find uh, references to. The demonic, uh, in Hinduism, it's all over the place. You mm -hmm. find, of course, in Christianity, you find it not much in Judaism, but there's a little of it in Buddhism. Yeah, I mean, you find these demonic beings in almost all of the great religious traditions. Mm -hmm. But in other regards, there are many differences between oh, great differences. theology and, right. and uh, spiritual teachings. Very much so. Um, the conviction that some people have, particularly Protestant Christians have, that what gets you, what saves you, uh, is, 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 uh, is acquiescence in a formula, okay? Mm -hmm. I take Jesus as my Lord and Savior, okay? That's going to get you nowhere, according to these communicators. Mm -hmm. What faith. Faith alone is not enough. Mm -hmm. It's only the beginning. If faith, leads to the, if faith leads to a virtuous life, 
to a good life, then great. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, it's worthless. Mm -hmm. deathbed, con deathbed conversions will take you nowhere, the spirits claim. Mm -hmm. Because you can't fool, you can't fool the universe. Mm -hmm. um, you are who you are and you will gravitate naturally to the proper realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, it's, uh, if you've been a cruel and dark soul, then that's where you're going to find yourself at least to start with. Mm -hmm. Well, and after the, this first uh, starting phase, right. then, then what? Well, um, there are ways to progress. You can progress uh, simply... The way to progress at every level, from the darker to the more light-filled realms, is to recognize that you have fallen short, mm -hmm. that you want to be a better person, mm -hmm. that you could have done a better job, mm -hmm. that you wish you had done a better job. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you recognize your deficiency. Um, and uh, then you give yourself with the instructions of your spirit guide, this is how you can better yourself. There are all kinds of ways to be of service. So here's a way I can help you better yourself and evolve in your own right. Go down into the dark realm and check on this particular soul. You remember your mother-in-law? She's a person who is in a dark place right now. You can help her out of her misery. So go down there and try to reason with her. Let her know that she's loved. Let her know that it's possible to move out of where she's stuck. What is a spirit guide? A spirit guide um, is, uh, a, is, is, a, is, a, is a former human being, probably long deceased, who has evolved. Um, enough to give guidance to mm -hmm. those who've, new, who've newly come over. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a certain wisdom uh, about them and uh, a more advanced love and a better tolerance for difficult challenges. Mm -hmm. And that's how they become guides. Mm -hmm. and the reference, many references in this literature says that each one of us has at least one. Mm -hmm. Guardian angels, you know, all that business. Yeah. Well, they're called spirit guides or spirit guardians mm. in this literature. And we all have one or two or even more mm -hmm. until we show them that we are, that we have no interest in the help they're trying to give. And mm -hmm. at that point we can be deserted. And that's a calamitous position to find mm -hmm. ourselves in. Mm -hmm. this, is what, this is what the communicators are telling us. Mm -hmm. This and so much more. It's a fascinating world. Well, as you point out, you have 50 different descriptors, so <laughs> That's the, right. the, the literature is extraordinarily rich. It is extraordinarily rich, and it is amazing to me that uh, most of the books that uh, I have enjoyed and learned from are out of print. Mm -hmm. A few of them are very much in print, but if most of them uh, were you know, published 100 years ago, 50 years ago, great stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought it all together and found the commonalities. And uh, what I'm saying is based on those commonalities. And, and I know that some of this literature you have decided to discount. You, do, you don't take it all at face value. I don't. Um, some of it uh, strikes me as jaded, as um, basically borrowed. Mm -hmm. It's not full of surprises. Uh, a, a good afterlife account is going, to, is, is going to leave me feeling surprised because, you know, I have never been there. I don't remember it if I have been there. And if I'm not surprised, it's probably because some hack or some fraud mm -hmm. has brought together the information that I've done and that others have done like me mm -hmm. and decided to make a buck out of it mm -hmm. and put it together and pretend it to be, uh, have a medium or that she's sure he is a medium and has a spirit named such and such who is telling her all about this. Mm -hmm. There are frauds like that in this literature. Yeah.
unfortunately. I, I gather you're looking at, in many cases, mediums who have worked extensively with psychical researchers right. over decades, who, who are people who have been known to have been of high integrity. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them have high reputations. Many of them uh, were British aristocrats, mm -hmm. uh, women who didn't have much else to do with their time except to work with these scientists, but discovered that they had an ability yeah. to be good mediums, and they delighted in working with these scientists. It mm -hmm. gave them something to do, and they became very good at it, and they are people of impeccable reputation, uh, as were the scientists who work with them. Mm -hmm. now, we have less than two minutes, but I'd like to ask you briefly before we close our interview about reincarnation. Oh, reincarnation. Yes, it's uh, affirmed by most of the uh, spirit, by most of the spirit literature. Although not all. Not all, and and I think the reason for that is that is that if you have not believed in it, if you have hated the very notion of it, and you find yourself in a Christian sector, and you want to come through mm -hmm. a medium, you still don't believe in reincarnation, even though it's all around you. Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as you move away from that sector and discover what's really out there, you're probably going to be convinced that there is reincarnation, mm -hmm. because it's affirmed so not unanimously, but so broadly. Mm -hmm. And why reincarnation? Because these physical bodies that we have, the dense brains that, uh, that we're sometimes cursed with, the faulty memories, mm -hmm. okay, we are challenged by this difficult environment. And the more we are challenged, uh, the more progress we can make in a shorter amount of time. I mean, here in a physical body a physical is actually body. a very good place for spiritual development. For, absolutely. We are, this is a spiritual gymnasium that we're in, mm -hmm. and um, so uh, we should make the best of our time, and, uh, and we should remember that uh, the choices that we make uh, have consequences in the next world. Stafford Betty, it's been a real pleasure sharing this vision with, uh, with me and with you and with our viewers. Thank you so much for being with me. <laughs> Delighted to be here. I'm and, honored. And thank you for being with us. Thank you.